Good morning, everyone. Welcome. It's Wednesday. Get this party started. Good morning, folks. Today is Wednesday, September 21st. Welcome to episode number 202 of the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Ozier, and over the next 45 minutes, we will be discussing and I'll be delivering the top cybersecurity news stories of the day on what it means to you as a practitioner or if you're looking to break in the industry. We got you covered. Let me fix this chat overlay. I don't know why you guys aren't coming in here hot. Shout out and thanks to this stream sponsor, Barricade Cyber Solutions. Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicating to help businesses from cyber attacks and recover the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking businesses o- business owners into turmoil. But Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Check them out at barricadecyber.com. Also, shout out and thanks to the co-sponsor of the stream, Recon InfoSec. Listen, if your organization is large enough to have real cybersecurity concerns, but maybe not quite large enough to build a full-fledged SecOps capability from the ground up, Check out the Managed Detection and Response, MDR, offering from Recon InfoSec. Their offering includes the people, the process, the technology, full stack, needed to deliver full-spectrum security operations to your organizations of any size. Thank you very much, Barricade Cyber. Thank you very much, Recon InfoSec. If you're interested in checking either of those companies out, you know, they're they're local, I mean, not local, they're they're. They're small businesses and they're cybersecurity companies run by cybersecurity people. They're not businesses run by business people that happens to do security. So links in the description below. Go check them out. I think, obviously, I think both of their product offerings are awesome because I I wouldn't, I basically wouldn't bring them on as a sponsor if I thought they sucked. All right. Now I want to remind you, if you hold professional certifications that require CPEs, each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing is half a CPE. Now, today's episode's a little wonky because the comments are not displaying on stream, which I'm going to try to address in just a minute here. But every episode's worth half a CPE, so that stacks. Two and a half a week, 10 a month. So get in, say what's up, say where you're at. It is Worldwide Wednesday, so we're going to go a little insane in the brain here. But guys, it's Worldwide Wednesday, so we're going to do the best we can. Uh, to find out if we can cover the the entire globe today. Uh, Give me a second because I'm going to try to get chat fixed out. But if you're on Team Replay, y'all, hey, hashtag Team Replay in the comments and in chat. Love having you guys here. Remember, you can consume it both on YouTube, LinkedIn, after the stream is over, or if you're feeling fancy, your podcast app of choice. We do make the audio version available right after the stream ends. I have a great team helping me. They pull the audio down. They post it up to the uh, podcast, and we get you that um, as quickly as we can. All right. Now, if you want to jump to the news, just press forward like two minutes, scroll to the right, 30-second jumps four or five times, whatever you want. But for the next two minutes and 30 seconds, I'm going to be slugging this huge cup of coffee, dropping a hype reel. That's right. I said dropping a hype reel. I've got something really cool I want to share with you all. And we're going to do Worldwide Wednesday. And I'm going to try to get my chat sorted out. So, guys, welcome, welcome, welcome. Hope you guys are enjoying the background music. I've been playing around with the production. I did have one community member reach out and told me that um, 
to get off their grass and to go back to the old video with the modem and stuff like that. I, I prefer this way just because it gives me a little bit more level of control over the, the transitions. So I'm going to keep doing this. Maybe I can work some modem sounds in or something like that. But uh, good morning, everyone. G give me like talk amongst yourselves. Go get your coffee. I'm going to try 15 seconds to get this chat thing sorted out really quickly. Okay. Give me a moment. Come on, chat. <laughs> All right. I'm not sure what's happening. Guys, listen, we're playing some Dre. We've got some Cypress Cell. Everything is good. Before we do Worldwide Wednesday, I want to tell you guys, uh, you may have noticed that produced videos have started coming out on Simply Cyber. I didn't do produced videos for like six months. I just, I didn't have time. I was overwhelmed. I, I had something had to go. So that's what went. Well, I found a group out of Vancouver to help me. Um, and they're helping me. And what we're doing now is produce video content. I also wanted to refresh my intro trailer for Simply Cyber Channel. It's been two and a half, almost three years. I thought it was time. I want to show it to you guys right now. In my opinion, this is going to hype you up for the morning briefing. It's 8 a.m. where I am. It's 5 a.m. for some of our West Coast friends. Guys, get ready. Take your socks off because they might get blown off. Ready? Here, let's do this. Enjoy. Let's get ready for the new age of Simply Cyber. Into cybersecurity, there's a ton of content out there. And if you don't know where to start, it can be overwhelming, even paralyzing. So let's fix that. Welcome to Simply Cyber, a community of tens of thousands of aspiring and active cybersecurity professionals focused on networking, knowledge sharing, and professional development. I'm Dr. Gerald Dozier, Chief Content Creator at Simply Cyber, inviting you to get the answers to your cybersecurity problems with hundreds of cybersecurity videos answering your frequently asked questions, interviewing industry experts, and live streaming daily cyber threat briefings hosted by me. Now get the stories and insights you won't find anywhere else. Hit subscribe now and dig into all the fresh content on the channel and in the community. Nothing should stop you from launching and leveling up your cybersecurity career today. All right, so that's the new hype video for Simply Cyber. I hope you guys liked it. I was very, very happy with it. I found it to be uh, like I got excited and it's my channel. I'm like, yes, like I want I want to do more content. I want to engage with everybody. I think it's a sick promo. This is a first drop exclusive. I just got it in my inbox at like 4.30 this morning. Um, you know, I, obviously I looked at it once before just to make sure it wasn't like uh, some type of like fight club thing where it was like um, a Rickroll or something or a porn or something. So anyways, thank you guys so much. You're all part of the community and uh, I genuinely appreciate it. It looks like I can't get chat sorted out. So we're going to have to run kind of uh, dirty today. Mods, uh, if you can... <laughs> <clears throat> mods it might be a little bit extra lift for you today um apologies on that i'm not sure what's happening uh but anyways guys real quick i want to say hi to everybody if we can try to run worldwide wednesday if you're in chat right now where are you at i am in south carolina so north america representing anybody leonardo we got south uh south america sasha we got europe internal stranger we got australia where are we at anybody hear me hear me where Oh, yeah, we're riding dirty up in here. Hey, Joel Belton here, Haircut Fish. Good to see you, Carrie. Jim Lund, always nice. Matt McDaniel from Texas and Arkansas. Love it, love it, love it. We got Raleigh in the house. Jeremy Williams, just a bite. Europe is on the board. Way to go. North America, Europe are on the board. Mm. 
Good morning from Minnesota. You guys are in that special one-week period where it's really nice out there. I love it. Episode 202, South Africa. Leigh Phillips up in here. Switzerland's in here. We've got Africa in the house. Africa, Europe, Asia. Usha's in Asia. Usha's in Asia? All right. I love it. So we've got Asia, Africa, Europe, North America. Do we have a South America contingent and an Australia contingent? I'd love to get it today. Would love, love, love to be able to get it. Mods, keep an eye out on this. I'm going to start switching screens up in here. Guys, just to remember, uh, I want, I'm going to send an email out to everybody on this one. Uh, hey, what's up, India? All right. Another hit for Asia. Love it. Belgium's in the house. We got a strong European contingency. If you guys see South America or Australia, holler at me. Okay, mods, please. Guys, I just want to remind everybody, I will send an email out. I just, this thing moved a little bit faster than I thought. Um, I have the GRC Analyst Masterclass on TCM Security now. It's official. One frequently asked question I'm getting is, is this the same course that's hosted on Simply Cyber School? Uh, because many of you have taken the course and wanted to know, is this like a separate course? Is this additional content? Whatever. This is the exact same content as the definitive uh, class on TCM uh, on, on my channel. What's up, Dominican Republic? We'll count that. We'll count that as South America, right? I mean, can we? Can we? What's up, Simon Lindstedt up in Norfolk? Guys, the GRC Analyst Masterclass is the same on Simply Cyber as it is on TCM Academy, okay? Just be mindful of that. All right, I, I'm not sure. It looks like we're going to count Caribbean as South America. I'm not sure if we got Australia or not. Unfortunately, it looks like we did not successfully nail Worldwide Wednesday. Um, hopefully, this isn't a sign of things to come. Chat's busted. We're not We're not running the, the globe. That's all right. Guys, we've had enough time. I want to keep on the 45-minute thing. So... Hey, Jamie Jam, I appreciate it, but you got to be coming in from, from Australia. Guys, let's get into the news. Jamie Jam, if you're in Australia, then it counts, and we could totally roll that. Yeah, Dominican Republic is Central America. I was trying to, I was trying to reach. I wanted desperately for it to work. <laughs> all right, guys, let's get into the news. Thank you all so much for being here. Hope you enjoy the briefing. From the CISO series, it's Cybersecurity Headlines. It's Wednesday, September 21st, 2022. American Airlines announced breach of customer and staff info. On Tuesday, American Airlines indicated that a very small number of customers' and employees' personal information was compromised in a data breach. The aerospace giant confirmed that the source of the incident was a phishing attack, which resulted in compromise of a limited number of team member mailboxes. On Friday, American Airlines sent a breach notification letter to affected customers, offering two years of Experian identity theft protection. Crypto market maker hacked for one. You know what sucks? All right. So here's the deal. Another, um, it seems like, doesn't it seem like airlines are getting hacked all over the place, right? Like now American Airlines, there was this uh, Indian airline called Akasa, I think. Like they launched their company and then like the, fir <laughs> the first day uh, they had a massive breach. So, you know, it, it, I don't know what it is about uh, transportation or, uh, hey, hey, dogs are, of course, guys, the dogs. So 
this is you know pretty standard stuff here if you've been affected they've notified you already uh throw it on the pile throw it on the burning tire pile um of breach notification letters and i'm sure many of you you know what you're almost going to get like alert fatigue like if someone were to steal your identity you're going to get like nine different messages from nine different identity protection companies about how you've been breached or maybe maybe you only get a couple so maybe there is something about the uh defense in depth having multiple uh identity protection things um basic basic stuff guys they sent a phishing email they got in they got into a number of team member mailboxes. Now, what I want to tell you here, um, and I learned this in healthcare, something very, very interesting. They So they got customers' personal information, but how, right? Here's the thing. When you hit an in a mailbox, right, you have to assume whatever's in the mailbox has been compromised, which sucks because if you don't have uh, retention limits, like after six months, emails get deleted or after three months, emails get deleted. If you don't enforce retention limits, technically, most people are just going to leave their inbox and just have it fill up, right? Because who cares? You can always search your inbox. No one's, it's not really impacting you as a user if you have email from 2018 in your mailbox because it's pushed way down on the bottom, right? We get salespeople messaging us all the time, just trying to get back to the top of your inbox, right? So, when a, a, a when attacker logs in to a mailbox, you have to assume total breach. Yes, Australia nailed it. If we can get South America, uh, that would be sick. Thanks, Tom Pike. So, guys, here's the thing. Two things to note. One, uh, and by the way, Microsoft used to have a function that was undocumented, and it was bullcrap because you only knew if you were like in the know. Like they never published it. They never told anyone, and then it got out, uh, and then they like. Oh, like, oh yeah, this exists. And then they took it away. It was called like Magic Unicorn. Anybody in chat might remember this. It was from like 2016, 2017 timeframe. And M Magic Unicorn actually allowed you to replay whatever actions were in the inbox. So if a threat actor got in, you could say like, oh, they actually re you know, previewed this email or previewed this email. And it helped huge with healthcare breach uh, risk assessments because if... Um, someone threat actor logged into uh, someone's account and they had tons of PHI in it, you could say definitively, like we evaluated it and the threat actor did not see that PHI. Er ergo, there was no breach, like moving on, okay? So two things with this one. One, guys, phishing emails, phishing, phishing, phishing. <laughs> Educate your end users about phishes. Second thing, it, consider retention limits on email, right? What... What email do you need six months ago, right? Have people like put retention limits in. Someone's going to get burned because they're going to want to go back, but bump it. Like most people aren't going to have a problem with it. Most people won't even notice. And you can make a little video on how to archive off your old, your old email. But retention limits on email is a good practice that you should do. Third and final thing. This dude sent a phishing email. American Airlines, you don't have MFA on your email. This is what I'm hearing. When I read this, send a phishing email. Unless they did like some type of malware install on the uh, compromised individual and then got some type of info stealer on it and then somehow got some type of oath token that bypassed MFA. I don't know. But when I read this, it seems like no MFA in place. And I can't imagine in 2022 a company as big as American Airlines is rocking no MFA. That would be the dumbest thing. Ever. You are so dumb. 
You are really dumb. For real. That's that's what I think about that. But we'll see. $160 million. On Tuesday, crypto market making firm Wintermute said the firm remains solvent despite being hacked for 90 assets worth approximately $160 million. Wintermute CEO of Genny Gavoy said on Twitter that the money was related to its DeFi operations and that its centralized exchange and over-the-counter offerings were not affected. Interestingly, Gavoy said that the firm was open to treating the incident as a white hat hack and would allow the hacker to keep some of the money as a bug bounty if they returned the rest. Oh my God. Guys, okay, so, you know, whatever. It's another, another day, another crypto company hacked. I'm a crypto evangelist. I love it, love it, love it. Seriously, guys, do you know why, uh, I think it was like Willie Smith or something like that back in the 1920s bank robber and the police asked him, why do you rob banks? And he's like, that's where the money is. Guys, why do crypto exchanges get hacked? Because that's where the money is. Obviously, dude, until this thing gets controlled, Threat actors are going to be all up in that business. Um, the fact that they lost $160 million and they're still solvent just goes to show you how much silly money is being thrown around. I've never heard of Wintermute, uh, but obviously, you know, you, okay, so I never heard of Wintermute, but they're just another one. It, according to this bullet here, the hacker was likely exploiting an old address that had admin access. I'm assuming they, they mean an old, um, not Bitcoin at wallet address, but an actual online resource that had access into some type of portal or some type of management console or something like that. That's what I that's what I think when I read this. So I'm not really sure if it's exploit. I mean, here's the big question, right? If they had the creds, is that hacking, right? I don't know. I mean, it's probably not default creds, so maybe it is hacking how they got the creds in the first place. But here's my one thing about this, guys, and it really pisses me off. This company has $160 million in, you know, assets under management that they can lose and not really have a, and not really have an issue, right? Maybe, maybe you can take a sliver of that and put it in to information security and best practices. Guys, you know how I talk about legacy and shadow tech and custom in-house built solutions and how that sucks and no one ever really... Guys, I'm telling you, if some engineer comes up to you and he's like, listen, I know we don't have the budget for anything, but I made this like creative custom access database that's going to solve all our problems for free. Yeah, but you should... The second you have that conversation, you should be like, okay, and when are we turning this thing off? Because what ends up happening is these things get stood up and then they just become part of the the established infrastructure and it's like a barnacle on the side of the boat you can't get it off and it just it's it's a, it's a bad idea long term it's a good idea up front bad idea long term and this is what i'm seeing here i don't know if this was an old system that they stood up or not but they clearly moved away from it and it led to a 160 million dollar hack the other thing that's interesting is how the company is offering the criminal offering the criminal to come forward and give the money back. And in exchange, they'll give them a piece of the money. So like, let's say 10%. Hey, criminal, you can keep $16 million if you give us the $144 million back and, and call it a bug bounty. Are you freaking kidding me? So you're asking me who just committed a crime, a felony to come forward and give you back your money and it'll be okay. No one's going to have a problem with anything. I I mean, I, I, I appreciate the opportunity, but I'm not sure if that's the best practice for the criminal. Um, 
especially if they're going to repeat this process with other victims because now you're you're going to be you're going to be doxing the criminal to their TTPs and you know whatever but I don't know what do you guys think in chat if you stole 160 million dollars and they offered you you know according to them a get out of jail free card plus 14 million dollars or 16 million dollars would you take it or do you think it's a um a mousetrap you know what I mean I'd be a little leery 2K and Rockstar fall victim to cyber attacks. Hackers have compromised the support system of 2K, the American video game company who publishes popular game franchises, including NBA 2K, Borderlands, and WWE 2K, among others. On Tuesday, the attackers began using their access to 2K's Zendesk ticketing system to send support tickets to gamers. Ticket notifications were then followed up by emails containing attachments masquerading as a new game launcher. Instead, the file contains the widely used Redline password-stealing malware, the same malware discovered last week targeting gamers on YouTube. Anyone who downloaded the 2K launcher is urged to scan their computer with antivirus software, removing any detected malware, and to change passwords for any frequently visited sites. I might have to get the Admiral Akbar as a trap <laughs> sound effect. Yeah, I might have to get that. I did add uh, a sound effect for Super Chat. Thank you, Tom Pike, for, for doing that, uh, for helping me with that. Uh, yesterday was bananas. Guys, okay, so 2K uh, game support hacked. Redline Info Stealer. I've talked about Redline Info Stealer like every day. Um, it is essentially commodity malware. It's very, very effective. Anyone can go on the dark web and download it or buy it, excuse me, and download it. Um, it goes in, you install it, it steals a whole bunch of data points off of your computer and sends it to the bad guy. That's what a Redline Info Stealer is. Many EDR solutions are kind of looking for this right now. Um, I'm not saying they all pop, but if you go on Malware Bazaar, you can see... Um, if you go on... Oh my god, okay. Um, we'll, we'll look at that. I just, I'm just now receiving... Like This is like breaking news. I just received an interesting story um that we'll look at this is apparently a bit of a bomb um so we'll we'll actually look at this in just a second anyways long story short um this is an opportunity when people think like oh hacker you guys a lot of people end users particularly think of hackers and you think of almost like this 1950 dc comics thing where it's like there's the good guys and there's the bad guys and the bad guys are wearing dark clothes and they have sinister looking faces and everything they do is malicious and you can tell who they are i can i know who the good guy is i know who the bad guy is that's not how it works and this is a great opportunity because what they did was they hacked the company and got into their tech support and then message people on behalf of tech support. So the victims are receiving a notification, an initial notification to soften them and prepare them for the incoming attack. Saying, oh, hey, we're from Rockstar Games. We got a new launcher coming out. FYI, be on the lookout for it. Then the attackers send the launcher, which is just malware. Clever, clever, clever. You've softened your target. You've prepared them mentally. So if you just sent the launcher, People who we've educated on being on the lookout would be like, whoa, this is dangerous. Send the support email. Everything checks out. It's really from support. It's really everything. I want the new launcher. Why wouldn't I install it? Okay. So this is a good opportunity to educate end users in a little bit. Like this is a very straightforward way of showing how an attack on a, of a phishing type can be chained together with a malicious install 
and trick end users, okay? And everybody's used tech support at some point in their life. Everybody's, you know, sent a letter to a company and gotten feedback to help them with a problem. So your end users are going to be familiar with this um, workflow and, and, and comprehend the attack sequence. I think this is a great opportunity. Let's go ahead and do the sounder. I mean, and now, the thanks to today's episode sponsor, Six Clicks. The Six Clicks GRC solution comes with a fully integrated content library full of hundreds of standards, assessment templates, libraries, playbooks, and more. With the content library included in every Six Clicks license, organizations can get started on their GRC implementation faster than ever before. For more information, visit sixclicks.com slash CISO series. That's the number six, C-L-I-C-K-S dot com slash CISO series. All right. For the sake of time, we're just going to do a quick little read here. I just want to remind everybody that um, I just want to remind everybody really quickly that, um, you know, we do have the newsletter. I've, I've now added the URL up here since everybody asks all the time, what, where do I go? Where do I go? If you guys want to receive an email in your inbox written by me on Monday morning uh, before you get to work that has three actionable items, that's like super straightforward, super succinct. Um, I would argue it's probably a 90-second read. And, you know, depending on what the actionable item is, you know, 20 minutes worth of work. And I'm telling you, if you just do what I suggest in the email, you're going to reduce risk for your organization. You're going to look like an all-star at your organization. And you're just going to, you're already going to be delivering value before most people have their morning coffee on Monday morning. I love it. I love it. I Like, I'm... I'm huge on this initiative right now. I'm so excited about delivering this every week. We've done it four weeks. If you're in chat and you've gotten the newsletter, share your thoughts. Uh, I'll go back and look, uh, but it's, I think it's valuable. So love it, love it, love it. All right, let's keep going. FTC chairwoman extremely disturbed by Twitter whistleblower allegations. FTC Chairwoman Lena Khan said Tuesday that she was extremely disturbed by cyber expert and Twitter whistleblower Peter Mudge Zatko's allegations indicting Twitter's security practices. Khan expressed specific concern about Mudge's claim that Twitter withheld information from the FTC during interviews aimed at enforcing the regulator's 2011 consent decree. Khan said during a Senate Judiciary hearing, quote, There has absolutely been a problem with companies treating FTC orders as suggestions. We have a program underway to really toughen that up, end quote. Um, yeah, so this is interesting. Guys, the FTC is basically the government agency that's supposed to be like looking out for us, right? They are, they are, they are, they are protecting us. They're the Federal Trade Commission, right? And their, their whole gig is to protect consumers. And you do not want the like person in charge of the FTC or higher up um, the commissioner saying that she's disturbed by what she's hearing because the FTC investigated Twitter, hit him with a $150 million fine, uh, back in 2000, I guess back in May, um, for their deceptive practices and, and data collection and, and, you know, just all these things. Um, they also, she also described in 2011, a consent order as a legacy approach. So basically the deal is if the FTC says, Hey, listen, you're, you're being bad, do these things or else, and then you're like, or else what? Like, or, or say like, ah, yeah, you know what? Like, appreciate it, love you, mean it. Well, we've got it from here. Taking 
the direction from the FTC as a suggestion is not really a best practice. And um, if this thing moves forward and they begin to do like a formal investigation, uh, this could be really bad for Twitter. I don't know if it would move into the ranks of criminal uh, litigation and um, like like crime or just more fines. But I mean, guys, here's my thing. Fines, fines are fine. But dude, $150 million to Twitter? Like, I don't even know, like, is what's Twitter's value? I mean, is $150 million even move the needle at Twitter? Or is that like, is like a mid-level manager authorized to execute a check up to $200 million? You know, I'm being playful and humorous and, and silly. But my point is, fines are supposed to be a deterrent for people to not want to receive the fine. You know what I mean? If I got a fine for saying something I'm not supposed to say on Simply Cyber and like YouTube fined me, you know, 50 cents, you know, and I really liked doing whatever it was the fine was for, like playing Carl sound effects, right? Like every time I play a Carl sound effect, it's a 50 cent fine. Well, get your roll of quarters ready because I'm going to be doing it all the time because who cares, right? 50 cents doesn't like move my needle. So we'll see how this goes. It is an interesting segue really quickly because this Thursday, um, my guest, I I haven't really been promoting this, but my guest this Thursday on Simply Cyber Live is actually Liz Wharton. She is the COO or chief of staff over at Scythe Bryson Boards Company out of D.C. or Virginia. Uh, really wonderful woman. I actually uh, know her. Uh, I've known her for years. Um, we had breakfast together, oddly. That's how I met her. Um, but she's going to be coming on and we're going to be talking about um, cyber chaos for the C-suite. But to me, this is a perfect, this is a perfect topic to discuss with her and get her thoughts on it so it's going to be a little bit more um le less technical more macro that live uh session but i hope you guys join us i'm going to have this queued up for liz when she comes on it's gonna be awesome revolut confirmed cyber attack exposed user data revolut has confirmed that an unauthorized third party accessed data of roughly 50,000 of its customers Revolut, which has a banking license in Lithuania, discovered the malicious access late on September 10th and isolated the attack by the following morning. According to Revolut's breach disclosure, hackers used social engineering to access a database containing partial card payment data along with customers' names, addresses, email addresses, and phone numbers. Revolut also warned that the breach appears to have triggered a phishing campaign. As a precaution, Revolut has also formed a dedicated task force to monitor customer accounts and data. Okay, um, I'm not going to spend a terrible amount of time on this because I, I want to get to this breaking news story, but Revolut, financial company, guys, um, there's not much story here. They got breached. It looks like they had the incident contained and addressed within a few hours. So shout out to them for their incident response capabilities. That's fantastic response time. They say that only 0.16% of their uh, uh user community was affected, which, you know, they've cleverly done the math. Uh, and it's about 32,000 customers. Not, not great, but you know, in the grand scheme of things, this is pretty awesome. Uh, control. The, the final thing I'll say guys is financial services from a cybersecurity perspective, they understand that they're protecting money. So financial services, in my opinion, is the industry that spends the most on protecting their assets. Financial services are company or like like Chase Bank or, or Capital One or whatever. They're the type of companies or hedge funds. They're the type of companies that will have 
dedicated InfoSec staff, even red team pen testers who are on staff constantly. Um, so if you want to get paid, a lot of opportunity, a lot of great salaries in the financial services sector. However, it is worth noting that there's usually high stress levels and very little tolerance for shenanigans in financial services because it is, it, I mean, it's, it's straight cash, homie, right? Straight cash, homie. So, um, you know, you get, you get paid uh, accordingly, right? So you, high pay, but high stress. So I'll just leave that there. Uh, congratulations to the Revolut team. If they have an MDR, like... Um, Recon InfoSec, maybe that helped them respond quickly. If they if they use an incident response capability like Barricade Cyber, maybe that's why they were able to uh, clean up this mess so quickly, but uh, good on them. Vulnerability in Oracle Cloud allowed unauthorized access. On Tuesday, Oracle published an advisory outlining a new vulnerability in Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI, leading to unauthorized access to cloud storage volumes of all users. The flaw, dubbed Attach Me, was discovered by researchers at Wiz in June. Oracle claims to have patched the bug for all OCI customers within 24 hours of being notified by Wiz without any customer action required. However, researchers point out that before the bug was patched, all OCI customers could have been subject to data exfiltration or other destructive attacks. Oh my god. Okay, so first of all, <laughs> first of all, did you know... This is almost like uh, lulls. Did you know that Oracle is a cloud solution provider? So I didn't know this. They're the fourth largest one. And obviously, they just got the TikTok deal, which puts them on the map a little bit more. But there's Google, AWS, Azure, and then, and then Oracle and IBM are like distance, way in the distance as like, you know, tier two cloud providers. But Oracle is one. This is a terrible look for Oracle. Uh, if you were using their solution, their their cloud infrastructure, apparently there was a bug where data exfil could have happened and you could have been the most secure person in the world. Um, I mean, short of all your to being encrypted and you not being able to access it, but you could be wicked secure and it wouldn't have done anything because Oracle had the problem. They fixed it, which didn't require any intervention by you because you know what I mean? Like it was their problem on their on their infrastructure. I guess the one thing I would say to this is if you are using Oracle Cloud infrastructure, you should have known about this already. They should have notified you. And if not, I would seriously look into um, whatever logs might be able to be had. Maybe contact your Oracle Cloud um, vendor rep or if, if you're big enough to have one of those or you know, whatever, um, try to get through the spin, try to get through the FAQs, um, and basically find out if you have had data exfil, right? If your company has had data exfil, they did patch it within 24 hours, which is really good, but I don't know. I, I, I really don't feel like Oracle's got that big a footprint and not a lot of people use it. Um, but yeah, whatever. Couldn't have done anything about it. So at this point, if you're using Oracle Cloud, the only thing you can do is assess the impact and damage. You couldn't have stopped this. So now you need to know if you were impacted. That's, that's you know, period, end of story on that. Indonesia passes long-awaited data protection measure. On Tuesday, Indonesia's parliament passed a new data protection bill into law. The bill's most severe penalties include 2% of a corporation's annual revenue and up to six years imprisonment for falsifying personal data for personal gain. 
The bill's passage comes after a series of data leaks and probes into organizations including a state insurer, telecoms company, and a public utility to a contract tracing COVID-19 app that revealed President Joko Widodo's vaccine records. Okay, so guys, this is what I was just telling you. I was just telling you this. So they're like, oh, the fi- you know, like the penalty of violating this data protection bill, which I assume um, it says passes. So in my opinion, this means it's a law now in Indonesia. It says 2% of a company's revenue. And I'm like, um, okay, like what, whatever, who cares? But um, six years in prison, six years in prison, that is a deterrent, okay? In, 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 the, in the land of basic human psychology, there's like two ways to uh, adjust someone's behavior either through an incentive or through a deterrent. That's, that's basically it, right? You either reward them or you punish them. Carrot or a stick, whatever, right? I mean, it's very basic. But six years in prison, that is a thorny, prickly, painful, heavy, lead-based stick that I do not want to get hit with. Now, Indonesia has a massive population. If you guys don't know this, Indonesia might be a string of islands, essentially, but Indonesia is wicked populated, wicked populated. So I think like China, India, and maybe the United States may be the only countries with more population than them. I, fact check me on that, but they're really, really populated, okay? So, so tons of people, tons of PII, tons of data, tons of businesses using that data. Now, here's the only question I have for this. Let's just pretend for a second, Joel Belton's ice cream sets up a, uh, a shop in Indonesia. All right. Joel Belton's Indonesian ice cream shop. Okay. Way to go, Joel. You're international now, Mr. Worldwide. All right. So check it out. How like, okay. It, it's not going to work if it's Joel Belton's ice cream shop. Uh, let's say Joel Belton gets really big, right? So now Joel Belton has a CEO, a CFO, a CISO, international business partners, VP of Pacific Rim, VP of uh, you know, Oceania, whatever, VP of Asia operations, whatever. Okay. Joel Belton's ice cream shop is found to be abusing PII. They're just straight Dyson vacuum, sucking it up, turning around and selling it wholesale, uh, and doing all sorts of horrible, uh, you know, like, uh, predatory practices. Okay. Okay. And Indonesia finds out about it. Who explain to me who is going to jail for six years? Is it the CEO? Who can claim ignorance? I didn't know we were doing that. Is it the person? Is it the is it the is it the twenty four year old engineer who was sitting there just following orders, hitting the buttons, doing what they're supposed to do, really unaware of like what the the data was, right? Or is it someone in between? Is it multiple people? I think that you're going to find some type of diffusion of responsibility and an inability to stick your finger on it. It's easy to say Joel Belton's ice cream pay 2% of your annual revenue, period, end of story, because it's a single entity that you can point to. But when you're talking six years in prison, um, you're going to see like rats fleeing a ship, a sinking ship, dude. Like no one's going to want to go to jail for six years. So it's going to be a lot of like that Spider-Man meme where they're all pointing at each other. That's what's up with that. And that does it for today's cybersecurity. That does it for today, but not exactly because John Hammond uh, just dropped uh, a story that we're going to pull up on LinkedIn. We are at 839, so we have time. Now, check this out. Hold on. Let me get rid of all my chat windows. I've got so much stuff here. Um, okay, so check this out. Uh, Joel Belton, I mean, uh, 
John Hammond. All of you guys should know John Hammond. He's he's an awesome, awesome uh, member of the cybersecurity community, works at Huntress, uh, makes great videos. 23 minutes ago, he just dropped this. I'm going to read it, okay? A few hours ago, an unknown individual claimed that there had gained access to LockBit ransomware gang server and allegedly uncovered LockBit Black 3.0 ransomware builder, the software to generate a unique encryptor and decryptor pair. I can't say if this is real or legitimate or authentic to what LockBit truly uses, but it does seem to ransom and decrypt as needed. Shared more screenshots on Twitter. So this is interesting, guys. Uh, there's a link here to VX Underground. Let's let's roll. Oh my God, it's already on GitHub. Holy crap! All right, let's look at this. Let's look at this. This is kind of moving quickly, guys. Um, VX Underground has deleted this tweet already, so that's not available. If anyone did a screen cap of the tweet that was messaged here, that would be really cool to get. Uh, and then ransomware. Um, here's a password. <laughs> um. Okay, so here, oh my God, this isn't great. So here is LockBit 3.0, the actual payload to, I would assume, run the de encryptor decryptor. And then I assume this password is what you use to unlock um, the archive itself, right? Which is interesting because usually this would be a hash of the executables, but there's probably several files in here. Um, so, so it, uh, you know, Wow, there's a lot going on here. So it seems like A, you can download LockBit 3.0 ransomware builder right now off GitHub, which is not good. We're going to probably see a surge uh, in some people doing that. Um, of course, script kitties aren't going to know really what they're doing with it. Uh, so that's okay. Um, security researchers might be able to use it to reverse it and help uncover um, ways to build decryption engines. I don't know if you can actually, it depends on what it takes as an initial seed, but. LockBit ransomware is rampant, right? Eric Taylor, if you're in chat, LockBit is everywhere. They're very, very... Um, we had a donut chart yesterday and LockBit was one of the main threat actors in ransomware for 2022. I suspect that if this builder can be used, you might be able to generate the decryptors for victims, effectively dissolving lockbit's uh, operation now obviously lockbit is going to um respond i would assume by uh updating their their uh ransomware builder software but that's not easy to do guys you want to talk about top of the pyramid on ttps um or uh bianco pyramid of pain this one right here this hurts lockbit and this is good for us um so we might be able to build decryptors we might be able to reverse this um also interesting you want to talk about white hat, white hat hacking? Guys, when we talk white hat hacking, we typically think of security researchers who, you know, find and uncover things and do it for the greater good, responsible disclosure. I would argue this is another version, you don't see it very often, of white hat hacking. Uh, this is effectively hack back where someone said enough enough with this ransomware threat actor and attacked them, got into their business. I mean, they're a business guys, got into their business, got into their systems and went for their crown jewels, which is their ransomware builder. This is how LockBit makes money. They use this software to screw over victims. Crown jewels are popped on this one. Uh, so very, very interesting. Um, 
you know, stay tuned for how this one shakes out. I wonder what else the uh, individual did. Also, guys, I almost wonder. I almost wonder. Okay, so this is me shooting from the hip, right? I'm 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 riding low on a hip on a train bound for glory, guys. Um, I also wonder. They say unknown individual, and I'm talking about like a lone wolf, white hat hacker. But I could easily see, you know, the U.S. government, for example. Again, this is all speculation. I'm just thinking out loud. The U.S. government, right? They might not be able to just go after Lockbit, right? For for various political, geopolitical, diplomatic reasons. But if they do it undercover, under the moniker of some unclaimed individual, but run a coordinated attack, this is very disruptive to ransomware business, right? So I'd be curious to see if other major actors... Um, get impacted right like hive ransomware see if they get uh attacked and everything like that a bit of the the people who have been on defense going on the offense and going after these um criminals and disrupting their operations so definitely stay tuned for this this is as uh bsec pointed out this is pretty hot this is pretty this is pretty spicy all right wow and uh you know i'll tell you what guys if you go to this github and pull this repo down be damn careful, all right? Don't mess with this unless you know what you're doing or you've got, you've got like, controls in place to prevent um, yourself from, from basically shooting yourself. I think of that meme video where it's, like, the guy with the bulletproof vest and he hands the other guy the gun and the guy shoots him in the foot. It just be careful. This is, this is wild. All right, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, guys, I just want to share with you all really quickly... Uh, today at 3 p.m. Eastern time, I have advanced to round two of the Threatgen Red versus Blue um, tournament. I'll be playing Stacy Loki at 3 p.m. today. I am red team still, so I got my red gear on. I'll have my host of costumes for my physical attacks. Um, you know, come join me. It's fun. We listen to music. I flip out a bunch. I play sound effects. It's a good time. Or join Stacy's feed and watch her defend uh, as a blue teamer. It's going to be a great match. Congratulations to St Stacy for advancing to round two. Uh, she's going to be a tough competitor, and I'm really looking forward to the opportunity to compete against her. So that's what's happening later today. And as I mentioned, tomorrow at 4 p.m., Liz Wharton will be my guest on Simply Cyber Live. Obviously, we have the daily threat briefing tomorrow at 10 a.m. Apologies on the chat not being up today uh i saw many of you in chat uh chatting <laughs> i saw you in chat chatting so for those on uh youtube thank you those on linkedin thank you i'm i'm sorry if you you couldn't you know engage with each other uh today but i'll get that i'll get that sorted out we're a couple minutes over philip i'm glad you're enjoying the grc course team live um team live you guys are the best team replay uh, from someone who's living in the past, looking at you in the future, thank you so much for being here. I'm glad you got value out of the show, Elisa Jerry. Uh, Tom Pike, yep, Tom Pike's uh, running, uh, riding on the lines. Uh, you know, Stacy is his uh, in his camp, so um, she's going to be a tough match, Tom, definitely. Hey, Nathan Bolin, Adrian Gutierrez, halfway done. We're on Wednesday, y'all. Um, we almost ran the table on Worldwide Wednesday. Unfortunately, didn't quite make it. My pleasure, Chuck Norton. I'm happy to help. John Patin, have a good day. Anya, have a great day. TLD, have a great day. Bill Green, hump day.
We'll see you guys. Hey, Tom Bishop. Halfway to 404. Yeah, on episode 404, I'll just I'll put up a, a not available uh, sign. All right, guys, that's going to do it. We'll see you out there. Have a good one. Thanks for being part of the community, part of the stream. If you got value out of it, share this with your social networks. Let them know what we're doing here every morning and the value you get out of it. I genuinely appreciate it. Be good, and we'll see you at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Cheers, everybody.